Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He comes out to wrestle and he's like, that's the fucking guy we just moved. (laughs) What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Why is it that every time you're getting ready to take off on an airplane and the captain got on over the loudspeaker, you always heard the same exact thing? You always hear, thank you for choosing us. We know you have a lot of choices in the airline community, and they all fucking suck, so thank you. (laughs) We got a great crew on board for you this evening. Barbara's here. (laughs) Oh, you gonna love you some Barbara. (laughs) We even got pretty good weather conditions, so I'm gonna do my best to get us in a few minutes early so that we can just sit on the runway for another half an hour. Sit back and relax. Enjoy yourself. Oh, but hold up. (laughs) If you don't turn off your phone... (laughs) Oh, I swear to God. (laughs) On the lives of Barbara's children. (laughs) This plane will fall from the sky. But now they're just like, oh, never mind. Ron Funches, how are you doing? Doing very well. Congratulations on your money in the bank win. Oh, thank you very much. That old thing. I'm uh, I'm waiting for the golden opportunity after after a cage match just to jump well, in. I think it's involved. smart that you keep it so close so that you don't, you know, no one can get it. You never know when Brock Lesnar is around. Exactly. You keep your friends close, your enemies closer, and your money in the bank briefcase even closer than that, I think. Absolutely. I was expecting a crown, like you've been taking Zoom lessons from King Malcolm. I was expecting... <laughs> I love the story of how when he does lessons at school, he asks people to refer to him as King Malcolm. Like that's that's super cool. The relationship you guys have inspires a lot of people. Well, I rather hear that. I just love talking about him because you know he inspires me and changed my life so much and taught me so many things about patience and so many other things. And um, so when I can share that with other people, especially when. I think uh, any other time I've seen like showcases of autism is usually as like this big downer that you got to overcome. And I like showcasing that like we just are regular people and my son and I have a beautiful relationship and nothing, you know, stops that. It's amazing. It's, and, it, and it led to you getting your name on shoes as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Look, uh, collaboration with Puma and Foot Locker and um 
putting out some shoes for Autism Acceptance Month. It was really fun for me to have shoes with my name on them as a person who is not athletic in any capacity. I mean, I guess I could lift weights pretty well, but my overall coordination is not great. And so to have my name on some sports shoes is going to be because of my son uh, makes a lot of sense to me and makes me very happy. And again, let's help me spotlight like a place like the Flutie Foundation that helps find a, a placement and jobs for uh, people with autism as they transition from child to adulthood. And I, I love supporting stuff like that. You talk about how um, you're not sporty. I know one of the sports that you love and the whole reason why you're here today, Ron, is uh, you're a massive wrestling fan. And we are going to celebrate that. And we're going to do so by sending you onto a desert island. And with you, you will have a DVD featuring three wrestling matches that you're happy to watch whilst you are there. So what would you like your first match to be, Ron? Oh, I like my first match to be Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon at King of the Ring, where he just destroys Shane McMahon for a good 20 plus minutes. Breaks his tailbone, I believe, at some point. I just think most hard-hitting, technical, and then gets into this, like, especially at that time in WWE, gets to this level of violence that you hadn't seen um, in WWE at that point. And, and so, I don't know, at any point. Uh, so, and it's just a match that, to me, is just so two guys are willing to do anything that, as much crap as I think as we give Shane McMahon now, it's, it's fun, even as he throws himself off of cages, it's crazy how willing he is to put himself in a, a harm's way with someone as like deadly as Kurt Angle. These men in a very dangerous, precarious situation and position here, being on the unex the exposed a concrete floor, right in front of the King of the Ring set. Oh, oh good God Almighty! Shane McMahon thrown with a suplex upside down. And then I think Shane's head just bounced right off the, the concrete floor. Shane McMahon is down. And Come again, on. this match Shane cannot be won, but in the ring, you got to believe it falls down anywhere. Angle might be able to take it right here. Oh, I think Kurt Angle now just needs to bring Shane back to the ring and beat him. Oh, not again. Oh, my God. Right through that glass. We've heard the stories about that match and how Kurt was trying to suplex Shane McMahon through the plexiglass. And a couple of attempts and it wasn't happening, but but they, they were adamant. No, this is going to happen. We're going to we're going to somehow make this happen. And Shane McMahon began. And the worst part was they did it. They got through. And then, right, we're going to go back the other way now. <laughs> it's like the same people who built that glass built the other glass. So it was just a war, wasn't it? <laughs> Gave him that German and he just plopped against the wall and slid down like, a, like when you throw a pickle at a restaurant window. He just slid down, leaving a trail of blood. And I was like, this is, a, this is an amazing match. Where were you when you watched that? Either was, I mean, man, I don't know how old was that long ago that was now but either in high school or college or or just a young stoner hanging around watching it live on king of the ring i would just remember watching it i mean i've been i don't think i missed a pay-per-view in a long time now as an adult a little more but i definitely i was watching that live at my house probably a little stoned uh very excited i mean i'm probably watching it with my friend mike mulligan who uh, I went to school with, and we worked at a cannery together as one of my first jobs, working at places where they, you know, can vegetables, which is not a fun job at all. One of my jobs is picking out the ferrets and, and rodents and snakes out of the vegetables. And I was like, well, some of these are going to get by. <laughs> what if somebody really wanted a ferret in their vegetable? Well, they got one. $5 back and uh, put a ferret in there for us, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole point I brought that up is that I remember we worked at that job. We both hated it so much. And one day we had to be there. We had to be there at like 1030 at night and work until the morning. And we were watching an episode of Monday Night Raw and it was really good. And so we were like, we both just kind of looked at each other at the same time and we we're just like, 
You just want to quit this job and watch the rest of Raw. Luckily, we were at an age where we could do that. So you, so you mid through your shift and you went, "Shall we just, shall we leave? Did you just walk out of the job and go watch Raw? We just gave up. We were like, that's it. We're not going back in. We can keep our smoke break going and, and keep watching Raw and, and go home. What was happening on Raw that night that was the final bit that pushed you over leaving leaving the canned goods business? Was there something happening on Raw that went, you know what, let's screw work, let's let's go and have a smoke and watch Raw instead? Was there something happening that night? I can't exactly recall. It's too long ago, but if I were to guess, it would have probably been something Stone Cold and Rock related or perhaps something where Trish Stratus was involved in and was going to be in some type of provocative situation. Either one of the two would have made me quit the job at that time. <laughs> How did you become a wrestling fan? I just, since an uh, early age, I kind of grew up in, in Southside Chicago, Chicago, big hotbed of professional wrestling, for as most wrestling fans know. And I just um, grew up in a house full of ladies, my mom, my sister, my aunt, my her daughter. And kind of my respite from that is that my uncle would take me to the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago to go to WWF house shows. From um, from that first show at the... Oh, we've got from that first show at the Rosemont uh, to take us back there. Um, what was one of the first wrestling matches that you remember really, really captured your imagination? Hulk Hogan earthquake stretcher match. The fact that Hulk Hogan had to put this mean, nasty, uh, uh, natural disaster on his back, and I was like, "There's no way he's gonna get him on the stretcher and carry it out. He's too big." Well. Through the power of Hulkamania, and, and then later I found out that that's just kind of uh, steroids and latent racism. Uh, he he found the power to do it. Do you find it difficult to kind of separate a Hulkamaniac as a kid to to now, or are they two separate things to you? I mean, they're just separate things. Part of my childhood. And you kind of low. There's so many things you learn and grow up and go like, oh, that's not a good person. I shouldn't enjoy their work. I shouldn't enjoy R. Kelly's. I believe I could fly, but I didn't know that he didn't say anything about the peeing and that. So I didn't know. And so to me, that's just kind of it. And that the only part that truly ever bothers me is the that there's still never been a like a true apology, true attrition, because he. I don't think he understands the um, power that Hulk Hogan had in the lives of a lot of children, and that includes a lot of children, uh, black children, you know? And and I think that's why it hurt a lot. And I think that's why uh, a lot of people aren't quick to get over it. It's just going like, you know, like you sold us this thing of like, you're looking out for everybody. You're everybody's brother. You're all everything doing things the right way, and then you instead you're full of hate. And when they get caught out on it, you can't apologize. And to like, you know, that's like that's in a way that's like Santa Claus dying for you, you know. And that's why I think people have a lot of anger about it, and they're still upset about it. At least me personally. He's just kind of been like, oh, that's who you are and that's what you want to do. That's fine. But, um, you know, he did some work in the community or whatever. But I guess maybe he that's what they thought standing next to Titus O'Neill was. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Titus O'Neill. He's amazing. Oh, he was great. He's great. He was so good at WrestleMania. Out of interest. And I always like to ask this when people come on who aren't uh, wrestlers themselves. Did it ever cross your mind as, as a path that you might want to go down to become a wrestler? Of course. I either wanted to be a comedian or a wrestler. And so at one point, yeah, I went to a couple of years ago, I went to wrestling school. I went to Santino Brothers Academy for about three months and I learned how to take some bumps and take some roles. And I learned that I was not a natural in any of that and that I was out of my depth and that I should go back to being a fan. So that's what that's what I did. But it took me, but at least I did well, it. I did it and I vomited, you know, I did it. I got, I know what it feels like to hit those ropes against your back. I know it. Was there anything that you learned from those, from those 
those training sessions at Santino Brothers that, that surprised you about wrestling that you hadn't thought of before? Really just thought about how much there should be water breaks. You go into a basketball game, football game, whatever, you always see they got the Gatorades, they got their waters, they got everything they need. But in wrestling, that was one of the first things that they would do in the class. It was like, you know, all this cardio, cardio, cardio. And then they'd be like, no, no water breaks because you don't drink water (laughs) during the the match. And I was like, that's stupid. (laughs) How am I meant to stay hydrated if I don't get a little break to have a little drink? That's that's a good valid point, Ron. It seems bad for your health. It it goes against everything that my wife stands for. That's what she's all about hydration. He says as he drinks and looks over and takes a nod. So I, th- I think Ron had hydration instructions there for those listening on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You described The Rock, who's one of your faves, in the best way I've ever heard him described uh, when you were on with Kelly Clarkson. You described him as the Beyonce for boys. Well, just when I take a look back and think about all the things he's done and how the accomplishments he's made. Sure, he's the son of a of a wrestler, but it wasn't like he's the son of Ric Flair or the son of Dusty Rhodes. He was the son of Rocky John. He was a mid-card, uh, uh, you know, amazing wrestler, truly great wrestler, but it wasn't going to be like, well, here's a guy who's going to have a job for life. And he climbs himself up to becoming the best like one of the best talkers and best overall wrestler. To me, he is the best wrestler of all time because not only did he make a huge impact, he then got out before his body got messed up and then turned himself into an actor, which was another thing where people look at now and they go, of course, everybody knows The Rock. He's amazing. But I'm old enough to remember when people go, we're like, oh, no way. That's stupid. There's no way he's going. The Scorpion King guy, whatever, not going to happen. And to see him become the biggest star in Hollywood is amazing to me. And these production companies, all these things. And I was like, oh, the way that women stand Beyonce and just look at her as all the things she's accomplished and all the things that she's been through is how I look at The Rock. And I was like, that's the, the Rock is the Beyonce for boys. That's that whole, that's that, how that joke got made. And it's true because he very much is. He's somebody as well that transcends the industry, which which we don't see as often anymore. And when it comes to the product now, as somebody like yourself, Ron, who's been along for a lot, run around for a long, long time, like, where do you sit as a fan at the moment? Are you still as invested as you were all those years ago? Uh, or do you do you feel like the product has changed a bit now so you're not as invested? Where are you at with it? Oh, I mean, the answer is both because it's like, that's life. That's how things go. And as a kid, you are just more invested in things because it's magical and sillier and weird to you, you know? And as an adult, you see more of the holes and things. That's just life. So I don't look at it like, oh, they've changed and they suck. That's life. But um, to me, in a lot of ways, I'm more engaged than ever, more for me to enjoy, whether it is like a podcast from like, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, Matt McCarthy and, and, and the We Watch Wrestling guys that I like or just one of the uh, Conrad Thompson podcasts where I can go, I can listen to, I can, and, and now, I mean, they're never, oh my God, if you had told me when I was a kid that I could watch wrestling Monday through Friday, I would have been like, what? I don't care what it is. I can watch wrestling Monday through Friday, and now it's like, okay, well, maybe I might skip Monday, and then I'll I'll check out (laughs) Tuesday and Wednesday, and that's fine, too. You know, it gives me more balance. What I love is that there is something that I like, no matter what. There's so many positives, uh, but there are also so many things where I'm like, oh, maybe that's just not the show from that. That one's not for me. I think this is now the best time to be a wrestling fan, right? Because you have got wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Brand new stuff, fresh stuff all throughout the week from multiple promotions. Even if you don't like that, you've got access via a network, via the internet to pretty much every wrestling match that's ever happened ever. So what a great time. Even if the new stuff doesn't set your world on fire, 
You've got the you've got everything at your fingertips. It's a great time to be a fan. Really, it is. It's been the best time. You can find so many things. Um, if whatever you want, you want to watch some deathmatch wrestling. It's a good time to be a fan. If you want to watch just entertainment wrestling, it's a good time to be a fan. I think I am subbing up to four wrestling specific. Uh, streaming services i think i have what new japan world stardom i have peacock i have uh impact plus nice uh independent wrestling television you know so i can oh nothing's bad than going to sleep to some old racist impact from the early 2000s it's the best it's the stuff of dreams sir um your show Nice one. I love because it's it pushes the positive and it takes things that we've we've sort of shot out of a cannon in society, like man buns, etc. And it and it turns it into something good. And 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 I want to try this with something wrestling based, if you will humor me, Ron. Because you obviously we've mentioned King of the Ring 2001, and that was on the on the on the verge of the invasion, which is a storyline that, that many wrestling fans take some umbrage with. And I think there is good to be had from the WCW invasion. Many don't think so. But what say you, superpower positivity, Ron? What say you to the good of the invasion? You'll find positives for sure. Absolutely. Booker T came out of the invasion. That was an amazing thing to see. The story of Buff Bagwell's mom calling in sick for him. We would have never known that if it wasn't for the invasion. That's something that makes me laugh to this day. <laughs> I enjoy knowing that. Ah, seeing Stephanie McMahon team up with Paul Heyman and wear fun little mini skirts at a time that I, you know, I enjoyed that at the time. But and now <laughs> Ron just looked off to the side there for for approval of said comment. <laughs> And a lot of positives came out of it. A lot of changes. I mean, could it have been? Should it have been better? Of course. But we got what we got. And it was great. And now, I mean, you know, it's obviously a no new thing. But, like, we're pretty much seeing a a spiritual rebirth of WCW. We got it now. So I enjoy what we have. Let's move on to your second wrestling match, sir. So we had uh, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon from King of the Ring 2001. What would you like your next one to be? My next match will be... Let me think about it. I want to end on my favourite. Okay. So i got to think okay. about my second favourite. I'm on a desert island. I'm going to take like some Piper Niven Tony Storm matches because I'm going to need that on a desert island if I'm alone by myself. I'm going to need to see those type of things. But if I'm going to pick a match that I want to see for the rest of my life. I want to say one of my favorite matches I ever saw live uh, was at Pro Wrestling Gorilla, so I'm assuming I can get a DVD of it. And it was uh, P- one of the PW, I think it might have been the first PWG Donovan Dijakovic uh, Keith Lee match. And um, it was one of my favorite match. And I brought my friend Gabe, who is uh, just a very surface level wrestling fan, and just to see his face and to see the way that match affected him. It's still, you know, it, he says it, it's his favorite match he's ever seen. So your your friend there, you say he wasn't, he was a surface level wrestling fan. Did he take a little bit of convincing to come to a PWG show or was he pretty much sold on it? Uh, well, he's my friend and he will pretty much go anywhere as long as I pay for his food and ticket. <laughs> so it, he was happy to be there, but he definitely, I mean, another story off of that night is that that's the night that we both met and hung out and smoked with Matt Riddle and he didn't know who Matt Riddle was. I did, of course, because I was a wrestling fan. But we were like smoking with Matt and it's just chill dudes and hanging out. And my friend's kind of like, who's that fucking bro dude? And I was like, oh, you'll you'll see. And then <laughs> he comes out to wrestle and he's like, that's the fucking guy we just smoked. <laughs> How was how was Riddle to uh, t- to have a little doobie with? Was he good fun? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a fun, uh, sweet guy. Anytime I've talked with him, um, uh, <laughs> and he's given me one of my best experiences as a fan. I went to an NXT, one of his NXT events. I think it was a uh, Brooklyn for um, 
WrestleMania weekend, and he had a match, and I was in the front row, and it's so fun. I have a lot of wrestling fans, a lot of friends, and I meet them usually on Independence. And sometimes I don't want to say anything, but sometimes when they when they get called up, they don't remember me anymore. Uh, but when I went and saw, I had a you know good ticket for this thing, and Matt saw me, and he was saying. And he like lost the match and then he sits up and he like looks for the camera for them and then the camera goes away and he just goes, Ron, what happened? <laughs> and I was like, he's that's such a nice guy. It's so fun. <laughs> That's amazing. So this is so we're going back before all that happened. We're going back to the night of Pro Wrestling Gorilla, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Um what is out of all the matches on the card that night? Why does this one stand out to you? Because it was two guys that both seem are definitely north of 250, 260 pounds, both over six feet tall, who basically worked a cruiserweight, uh, you know, prime WCW Nitro cruiserweight match. It was hard hitting, it was insane to see, like, just catch each other off of these guys. It was a true just um, feats of strength and athleticism that are like make you feel like you're watching some type of action movie with wires and stuff, but you know there aren't. So you're like, this is insane. It's, it was, I mean, if I hadn't seen, you know, I've seen their matches since on NXT and they've had great matches on NXT, but to see them truly just go at it live and, uh, with no handcuffs was one of, I felt, I felt very blessed. It's amazing being part of something like that. And it's been a long time since fans have been at wrestling shows anyway. Is there plans uh, later? I know that it's the, the earth is starting to heal a bit, Ron. Are there plans for sort of later in the year for you to go to more wrestling shows uh, locally? I'm actually trying to figure that out right now. I'm going okay. to set it up. I, I, I bought a, a, a ticket to go to Vegas for the GCW draft day show just because it's close to me and the Wrestlemania weekend made me really like itch to go to a show and I was like okay if I can just go for a weekend and come back um also gets me out of the house for a weekend that would be nice um but then I also might have an opportunity that makes me go to work so I'm like will you guys let me know will they let me know because I kind of am okay with not doing it if I can go to my GCW show. That's, uh, is there anybody from GCW? Because the roster in GCW uh, is stacked. They had an amazing week during WrestleMania. They put on a whole a whole plethora of shows in the run-up to, to Mania. Is there anybody in GCW that you're really enjoying the work of at the moment? Oh, so many people. Of course, I mean... I'll start at people who, who people I hope would know right away. Nick Gage, of course, is amazing. I think the work of Ricky Shane Page and his crew, the 440 crew, is he's doing some of the best hill work um, that I've seen independent, uh, you know, TV, wherever. He's doing some of the best hill work I've seen in a long, long time. Um, so I'm a big fan of Ricky Shane Page. I'm a fan of uh, uh, Effie. Um, I'm a, a fan of this guy who I just saw. Oh, Calvin Tankman, Lee Moriarty. I think those guys are the future of the industry. Uh, Trish Dora. And I, I mean, Everett Connors, who I've only seen like maybe once or twice, but he just came out in an outfit full of teddy bears. And I was like, I want to know more about this guy. Last year, we didn't do much wrestling. Um, but, but despite the fact that the world stopped, last year you got married last year sir i did how was the whole lockdown wedding shenanigan then how was that how did that work out it was good i recommend it i think it's the way to go it was simple it wasn't a lot of pressure we didn't have to worry about in-laws fighting or where they were going to sleep or what they wanted to eat uh, we just had an, uh, we just went down there got married came home ate some cake watched 90 day fiance had a beautiful evening you know it's like if this is if the marriage if the wedding is like the rest of the marriage i'm cool with that that's fine how did you pop the question oh i did we always you know we do silly stuff like you know 11 11 uh time we'll send these little texts to each other or go find each other and give each other a kiss so on November 11th at 11, 11 p.m., she was dead asleep. I woke her up because I always feel like it's good to, you know, 
disorient the person if you want to ask them to marry you and they might be too pretty for you to, to get. Uh, so I just made sure she was disoriented, didn't know what was going on, popped a question, and she said yeah. Well, during, during the pandemic, as well as getting married, you still kept busy. I'm just kind of adjusted. I think I followed some things that I didn't know were good habits that turned out to be very helpful. Uh, the fact that I was, you know, kind of diversifying the things I was doing, doing a lot of voice acting, whether it be on like Harley Quinn or Trolls and um, getting more into hosting, you know, which got me the Chop 420 show that's on Discovery Plus now that I really in, in love with. Um, and so I just kind of like, kind of old advice my mom gave me, which is uh, don't worry about what you can't do, just worry about what you can. And it's like, well, if I can't go to safely to go do these clubs, I'm not gonna beat my head against the wall. I'm going to, uh, you know, find another way. I'll focus more on acting class. I'll focus more on these auditions. And, um, you know, I was just lucky in that regard that things worked out. But I'm happy to get back on the road, you know, this summer, uh, you know, vaccinated back up. And, you know, encourage everyone that comes to my show to be fully vaccinated. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get back on the good side of things. You mentioned Chopped there, Chopped 420. How did this role come about? Because I know you'd been on Chopped before. It's just a beautiful uh, full circle where they, they were aware of me because I came on Chopped and I did not do well at all. I'm not a good cook by any means, but I am pretty charming and sweet. And they did know I love marijuana and they were working on a spinoff. And in the meantime, I'd host the show, Nice One on Quibi that you, you were aware of. And which not that many people were, so thank you. Uh, but, uh, and also they were aware of, and so they had seen my hosting skills and um, were interested in marrying the two things together. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm well aware of the power of Chopped, and I just think it's a great fit. And I think the show is amazing. I've been watching. I mean, I don't. I don't my wife even said she's like you. She's like you watch. She's like normally you like will watch a clip of yourself or something. She's like, but you're like. She's like you're watching this show. <laughs> it's a it's a great it's a great premise for the show as well because obviously it takes on from the from the chopped theme uh, of cooking cooking a, a three course meal, but with that extra little Mary Jane addition uh, and uh, with it's still a legitimate show. Uh, who should we be watching out for in this series? Oh, so many wonderful chefs that are in the series that are um, well-trained Michelin star chefs. Uh, people who work their way up from nothing. A few people I truly enjoyed, Chef Jeff Victor, who uh, uh, in San Francisco, he has an Arepa's restaurant in San Francisco. is one of the top 10 restaurants in all of San Francisco. And this is just a man delivering Arepa's on his bike. And uh, he came into the CHOP competition and just told his story about being a, a, a you know, son of, a, of an illegal immigrant whose dad got deported and he was left here by himself to fend for himself and how he pulled himself through and, and ends up in the kitchen. And, and, and there's just so many other stories like Chef, Chef Emily, who, who was in Aspen, Colorado, who, you know, was always told not to cook with marijuana, was told to go, go away from her passions and, you know, uh, instead leaned into everything and it was bringing her more recognition and more fame and brought her to the chop kitchen. And I think that's, there's the fun of the marijuana, there's the fun of me hosting and cracking jokes all the time, which I love doing, but there's also the like stories of these chefs and the fact that they're really fighting for this like $10,000. And I think that combo really makes it like, a, a, I mean, I'm a big fan of reality shows and my wife and I watch so many different things. And so we know a good reality show from a bad reality show. And this is this will go on. What reality shows are you and your wife currently enjoying away from Chopped 420? 90 Day Fiance. Watch mm -hmm. the whole franchise. Whether it's the single life, whether it's the other way. We're all about that 90 Day Fiance. Good shout. Uh, and on the subject of sort of cooking shows, because obviously you've got Chopped, uh, Chopped 420, you've done uh, Nailed It. Um, Great British Great British Bake Off? Love it. You know I love it. Yes. I was. I, is there? Would there be something you'd be up for doing? The Celebrity Bake Off is, is becoming a bit of a thing over in the States as well. And uh, I have to ask whether it'd be something you'd love to do. I mean, I, I would not do well. I'm up to pushing myself to see how far my skills could go. I know 
my icing skills, my piping skills, and they are subpar at best. But I would do my best and fight just because I do. I mean, I live back there. If it was the Great British Bacon Show in particular, I mean, I've been I've been a big fan since it was Mary Berry out there hanging out. You know, I like Prue too, and I'm down with Prue too. But I've been I've been there. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it, and. If you ended up doing Great British Bake Off, it opens the door for the inevitable spin-off, which is Great British Bake Off 420. And I'm just thinking about the sheer amount of handshakes Paul Hollywood would hand out <laughs> if he was to chill a little bit more. <laughs> now, on the subject of, of Chop 420 and such, um, Matthew says hi. Hi, hello, Matthew. I'm glad he finally woke up. <laughs> there's a there's an amazing picture of Matthew, which was taken, I think, about an hour after he left your company at the convention. And he, he I said, to, oh, we we talked about it today. We do a podcast on a Saturday, and which we recorded today. And and he said, I said, to, I said, you look like a waxwork. What did you do? <laughs> what did you and Sean do to him, Ron? What did you and Sean do to him? Uh-oh. We didn't do much. We just gave him some gummies that were, but what we did was give him gummies that were delicious. And I think he didn't know how, where to stop. So I think he should have stopped at one and maybe he had two or three because they just taste like fun little candies. And which is fine for me. I could do four or five, but Matthew, no, he could not. And he, he but, but he was perfect. He was great on the show. He had a blast. He might not remember any of it, but he did great. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to an experience like no other. This is a 420 chopped extravaganza. We got THC in here, baby. Listen to that sizzle. I'm the Martha Stewart of cannabis. It's like a whole new world is open for us, chefs. Yeehaw, bud! I'm coming to roll my competition up and smoke them. Some people think you can just throw some ditch weed in a brownie and call it cannabis cuisine. But not here. There's a level of sophistication. You know, it's far from stoner food, although you'd probably love it if you were high. I kind of consider myself a cannamalier. I'm going to infuse the cheese with CBD spice that's over there. I think she's going to take whole flour and put it into that. Come on, put it in there, girl. Boom. We're embarking on a new journey of both taste and euphoria. Sour diesel. THC sriracha. CBD, honey, baby. Maui, wow. I just got hit with something beautiful. Trust your nose. The nose knows. Ah, it smells so good. <laughs> also, there's mystery ingredients, 
Oh. Very judgmental people. How do you not touch your secret stash? And $10,000 on the line. Come on. <laughs> Emily, how you doing over there? Well, I think I'm doing good, but I'm just winging it, man. Do you have something in the fryer right now? Oh. The intensity's high, and so are we. <laughs> Who wants that cash money, honey? Have you gotten anything on a plate yet? <laughs> Baby girl, don't worry about me. We lit. 420 remaining, chef. What a good time. This is Chop 420. You feel that moment, right? When they're just running and gunning, and they know, and there's sauce flying, and there's. Uh. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Before we get to the last match, I like to spray this on people, as well as taking three wrestling matches, uh, you're also allowed to take with you a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Ooh. So, uh, luxury items, I always, I think I always had, I'd like to explain this a bit more. So it's kind of, it can be a creature comfort from home. It can be uh, a bit of tech you want to use on the island. It can oh, be something with some you... sentimental value. Or... I'm glad you, you... Find it because obviously I was like, I'll take a jet ski. Out of there. <laughs> I mean, you could still um, take that if you wanted to, but I've... but but if we're gonna go that route, I'll, I'll play your game and not break your game. Um, <laughs> I will go with um, it definitely be like some type of emulator box or emulator because I'm assuming I can't have like multiple, multiple, like a full. PS5 TV thing set up. Although I guess if I have this DVD player, DVD player, and I'm watching things, then I do have a TV. I can allow PS5 if you want to take your PS because I know how much you you, you you like you playing your games and such. So I think a PS5 I is fine. I love gaming, and then I can talk to my Twitch. Tell Twitch.tv Ron underscore Funches. Come join the Funch Bunch. It's a fun time. We watch. We do. We we do my show. Get high, watch wrestling on Monday. We're get high, watch wrestling. Myself, Kevin Gill, sometimes a, a wrestling guest. We've had Matthew Justice. We've had Tony Devin. We've had Faye Jackson. We've had someone. We've had uh oh from Re- Enrique Bonnie, who was fun. It was fun to talk to him. Um, and, and that I just play games. I've been playing Portal Two recently, but I bounce around do a lot of different things. I'm, but it's been a lot of fun. I think. Did you say food? Was there a food one? Or no, was there was the a a, mo- a movie and an album. Movie. So we need a movie film off album. you, Ron. Okay, so my movie, I think, would be. I think I want a fun movie. Uh, so probably never heard of it. It's called Fear of a Black Hat. It's one of my favorite comedy movies of all time. It's directed and starred a gentleman named Rusty Cundiff, who. I uh, went on to uh, direct and, and do a lot of things. I think he directs Valley McBill. He uh, think Tales from the Crypt or something of that nature. But I know he went on and did directorial and writing role for The Chappelle Show. Uh, and it's like a Spinal Tap. Uh, this is Spinal Tap or uh, a Mighty Wind type of mockumentary, but it's all about hip hop and rap. It's kind of like CB4, but it's funny. Um, and so, <laughs> suck it, Chris Rock. You'll never get anywhere. <laughs> oh God, um, Chris is going to be livid. <laughs> but it's a great. I think it's one of the funniest. It's like my go-to movie if I'm sick, if I'm tired, if I'm uh, just bored. It's my go-to movie. So I would pick that one. And then for albums, I'm probably going to take Outkast's um, AT Aliens. Because I just love that album. Because while on the island, you'll be sharing it with with 70-odd of the people that have already done this show, and you can explain to them why Outcasts are better than the Beatles. Because it's something that uh, is very much a hot topic. I think a lot of people unnecessarily came at you for that, Ron. I'm just going to say it. I I, I think incredibly valid point from your end, sir. Thank you very much. I just feel if you look at the science, if you look how technology, just how art is better with time, it makes sense. They're better. Better than the Beatles. They, I mean, I've broken it down before. They've done the Beatlemania, great. Outcast went on the Source Award in New York and everybody booed them. And then now the entire rap industry is based out of Atlanta. 
So they kind of impacted things. You got Yoko Ono or you got Erica Badu. I know which album I'm listening to. <laughs> so Your third and final match. Uh, Mr. Ron Funches, we have had uh, Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle uh, from King of the Ring 2001. We had a belter between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic from Pro Wrestling Gorilla. What would you like your last match to be, Ron? My last match, probably my favourite match of all time, is um, a match I kind of find myself watching about once a month. It is uh, Halloween Havoc, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Eddie Guerrero. is, I think, the most there's technical, but there's a good story as well. There's the battle between the two of them as he's trying to rip Ray's mask apart. And it just seeing things I'd never seen in my life, seeing the hearing uh, Bobby the brain and Tony being popped so much by the match that's going on. It's a it's a, it's a magical match. And um, it's it's a match that I if I it was on a desert island be a match that I could watch every day and not get tired of. Long run for Eddie. You can see this one coming. Rey Mysterio Jr. waiting for him. Face first, top tackle. Spin wheel kick on target. Ray hits hard. Back of the head as well. And Ray's going to go up top. Well, here you go. He's signaling for that patented springboard Huracan Rana. Can he connect? Waiting on Eddie to get up. Up and Eddie caught him. Oh. He caught him and turned it into a backbreaker. From the opening bell, both men pushing their abilities Uh-oh. to the limit here. This is from the middle. Turn back up. Oh, 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 oh. One, two, three. Yes. yes. New champion. Wow. New champion. What a fight. What a battle. And they are standing here for this man, Ray Mysterio Jr. Actually, I think for both men. Again, this would be a teenager stoned in high school, and I was just like, what is this? What is this? What is more is like, I just remember, I think I was watching it with my friend Mike, and it just looked being like, what? what? Oh, what? 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 And it was just that for like 20 minutes. It was insane. It was nothing on the card after it could follow that it was an indicate it was a true indicator of where wrestling was headed if you go to watch the nxt takeover match now most of the matches you see are that style that eddie and ray and people like dean malenko and uh jericho were doing then he he's obviously slowed down and changed his style a bit but he's still i mean for as, as long as he's been doing it the entry he's had he's good um i mean i will wonder so many matches i'd want to see him in that uh, had that i haven't seen and now some of them i won't see like i would love to see Rey Mysterio and so I'd like to see Rey Mysterio, Rey Phoenix in a like a generation match. I, I want to see, um, I don't know if I've ever seen this ever, if they ever crossed paths in WCW, but I want to see Rey Mysterio 2 post Scorpio match now. I think that would be amazing. With this particular match from Halloween Havoc, um, one that you, you, you dip back into quite a bit, is there a moment in this match that no matter how many times you watch it, will always pop you? Yeah, of course, is when he Eddie's on the outside and Ray uh, springboards off the top, which looks like he's going to do a senton. And I think that was the plan, I, I think. And then there was an error. And so they adjusted on the fly and it turned into this crazy forward flip and back into a hurricane rana which i think you know you see that more now but like at that time i don't think i ever seen that before so to see him land flush on him and then turn it right away like with no like stop no no like okay now we go back it was just all one motion it was all just like two guys who clearly know each other so well and love each other and taking she's like i'm not going to drop you i'm going to take care of you and you know it's um that part of the match and i think 
that's the part that pops the announcers too when they see that. I think that's the part that pops Bobby when you go back and he's like freaking out when that happens. It's been amazing today, Ron, to chat love of wrestling with yourself. Um, Want to give you a moment just to tell everybody where they can find you, stuff that you're up to, do all the plugs that you want to do, sir. Please, I'd love to. It's uh, ronpunches.com for all my dates if you want to come find where I'm going to be live. Twitter, Instagram, just put in Ron Funches. You'll find me, I'm quite sure. Which Ron underscore Funches if you want to hang out and play games or watch wrestling with me. I love that. Uh, my show is Chop 420 on the Discovery Plus app. It's the classic Chop format, but they've added the spice of weed and me. Those are good things. And, uh, and I'm in the movie called Golden Arm that comes out uh, next Friday, April 30th, or whenever this comes out. It comes out April 30th. Um, and it's a wonderful comic comedy about female arm wrestling. And I play the owner and operator of the tournament. And it's real fun and, and, and silly time. So I hope people check that out. What has been a weird 12 months? Thank you for constantly bringing the positive, Ron. Thank you for saying that. Sometimes it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> what, would you, what advice would Ron Funches give to, to, to those who are struggling to find the positive in everything that's going on right now? Uh, well, I mean, the main advice is, something, is a simple thing. That if, you, if you are looking for the negative, you will find it. You constantly will find it. It is there. It's a constant. It, uh, being positive and, and being happy in your life isn't the absence of negatives. It's, it's your response to them and it's how you choose your life despite them. Um, and to be able to sometimes just overlook them. <laughs> just be like, well, that's it. That's me. That's part of my life. And I'm cool as hell either way. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 